Hey, expats and travelers, welcome to this week's episode sponsored by WorldPost.io, the virtual mailbox service powered by Anytime Mailbox. We'll get to the features and benefits a little later. If you're interested in becoming an expat, whether you're moving to Portugal or another overseas location, I highly recommend you get your finances in order before you move. Yes, it's actually really important that you do it before you go. I know when we first got started, we did not do it that way. But if we knew John McNertney at Green Ocean Global, we would have gone to him as he's someone that is Lisbon-based and he is experienced with expat financial challenges. So he's a go-to person that we recommend. Right, he can help you with long-term investments, financial systems, and international taxes. And he's actually helped us and producer Dan has used him to explore what it would be like to move abroad and see if it would fit his family's current financial situation. I think what's great about him is that he gives you personalized plans. He will look into your unique situation and he'll help you out. And this is honestly what's super necessary because we get tax questions and finance questions on the YouTube channel and literally no background from the person that's asking us the question. So now we've started to point people to John. Right, because everyone is different and everyone has their own unique situation. So you need an expert to help you out. All right, so visit greenoceanglobal.net for contact information and further assistance. Check out the show notes below. We need to kind of unpack just everything that's going on in your world because you're such an amazing resource for people in terms of what it's like being a digital nomad because you've basically written the book on it, um, (laughs) quite literally. Thanks, Josh. I'm really happy to help people with achieving this lifestyle and just, you know, sharing it with the world. Welcome, my emerging expat. You're tuned in to Let's Move to Portugal. I'm producer Dan, and I have the distinct honor of bringing you YouTube travelers and our resident Portugal experts, expats everywhere's Josh and Kaylee. Each week, they'll inspire, they'll educate, and they'll accompany you on your journey to Portuguese residency. This week on Let's Move to Portugal, Josh dives into it with Kristen Wilson, accomplished author, vlogger, and seasoned podcaster living the digital dream. Gain invaluable insights and draw inspiration from this versatile globe trotter. Embark on this journey with us and fuel your dreams of a Portuguese adventure. Hey, Kaylee. Hey, Josh. Hey, Dan. What's up? Hi, Dan. How are things shaping up this week? Busy as usual. Yeah. I think I say that every week, but you know, there's just so much we can be doing and so much we want to do. So it just always feels busy. You can mean it every week. Yeah. And I think as well, whenever we do talk to you like this, it's on days where we're starting our week and there's just so much stuff ahead of us. (laughs) And um, we're kind of catching up over what happened on the weekend as well. This past weekend was Saint Joao. So there was a lot going on with that. A lot of uh, parties and festivities to get into. So it was pretty cool. How about you, Dan? Things are going pretty well here. I'm working on a few projects. Planning for some camping, outdoor time. You know how it is. Ooh, camping. Not my favorite type of vacation. <laughs> Haley doesn't know how it is, actually. So Fair uh, enough. Glamping, maybe, but camping, I'm not much of a bug person or roughing it person. Yeah, I'm kind of a glamper now, too. Not really my thing, but good for you. <laughs> yeah, we camped one time in Egypt, and, and that was just an experience. I think you went along with that, although getting to the campsite was a bit dodgy. 
Yeah, that was really interesting because you're just kind of out in the middle of uh, the desert, not knowing where you're going. Ooh, yeah, no doubt. A lot of trust. <laughs> a lot of trust, especially when people got on board uh, the bus with like AK-47s Ooh. and stuff. Yeah, that sounds like a whole nother episode. Yeah, that's a different story, though. And that's a different type of camping. It was out in the desert, so <laughs> sand and stuff, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not much of an outdoorsy person, so camping's never been my idea of a good time. Josh used to camp. I like though. it, though. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in the part of the country where camping was quite the norm. Camping, fishing, that type of thing. Hunting, although I didn't really hunt. Awesome. All right. Now, I heard some big news about a building purchase in Portugal. Do tell. Yes. Exciting news. Finally. Yep. We closed on the property after kind of like a protracted closing date. You know, the final deed date kept getting pushed back. But yeah, we finally did it. Um, and it feels very good to have kind of that phase close. I keep calling it phase two. And I think because really phase one was identifying the property. Right. And that took a while. That took... Uh, close to a year, really, mm -hmm. identifying the right property for what we were looking for. And this one really does tick all the boxes, except it's not as close as we'd like to our, our target street. Um, it is a quiet street in and of itself, so that's really cool. And it's got a good proximity to three different metro stations, and it's um, within walking distance of really the downtown like city center. So that's nice for potential resale value um, being that close. It's on a street where a lot of renovations are going on. So uh, once we move into it, there won't be a, a whole lot more of renovation noise happening. Um, so that's, that's great, right? It all sounds awesome. Yeah, but we definitely plan on giving more detail on our next video about the Vertical Community Venture. So on YouTube, we will have a video coming up about that. I am looking forward to that. Yeah. And, you know, in regards to that, like I said, phase one was identifying phase two was this kind of long, long, not negotiation process, but just closing on the property in general, getting the bank loan uh, and then getting to the final deed date. And then phase three really starts this week where we are looking at uh, the development of the property in terms of architectural plans, getting demolition started, and well, licensing first for that, and then getting that started. And we've got some target dates to hit for that. We know that we have an August 2nd date where some things have to get done. Otherwise, we lose the pre-approvals from the municipality. Okay. Uh, but we are very much on course to having everything done before that date. And um, really by October, we should have a better idea of what each unit's going to look like and start the the renovations. Demolition will happen first and then renovations after, obviously. It feels good, though, because we're definitely moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. We are. And what a milestone. YouTube channel-wise, like, uh, we had a, an, an awesome interview with Jime from Argentina. Um, she is, yeah, just such a cool person in her mid-30s and has a, a really cool perspective on life and had a lot to share about living in a Silver Coast uh, beach town. Ooh. Um, she had a, a difficult adaptation period at first, kind of identified what was going on, and now it seems like she's really loving life there. Yeah, the Silver Coast is definitely becoming more popular, so it was nice talking with her about it. And in general, we're seeing more people interested in moving to smaller places. We're talking to agents and relocation companies that are also seeing the same thing. Okay. So that's interesting, and I think that gives us a, a window into maybe how we should shift our content and produce a little more from the small towns, right? Yeah, show people the smaller places. Nice. I'm into it. Now, Josh, you had a chance to talk to Kristen from the Badass Digital Nomads podcast. Yep. 
I did. Um, yeah, I was I was on Kristen's podcast a while back, and then we got a, a chance to get her on ours. And she's producing a lot of stuff right now out of her kind of base in the UK. But she is an absolute uh, incredible source of knowledge on what it takes to work remotely and be, be a digital nomad. Yeah. So she's someone that I always go to and I have questions about not what we're trying to do, but like the content we're trying to create for our audience. And um, yeah, you, the listener, should check her out too. Definitely. Yeah, she's got tons of stuff. Yeah. Kaylee, I know you guys have known Kristen for a while. Uh, how did you all meet her? We just met because we're in the same sphere, I guess, the same industry. So a long time ago, she and Josh started talking and then we've done collaborations. We've been on her channel. She's been on ours. Josh was on her podcast. So we wanted to get her on our podcast, of course. So yeah, we've just been keeping in touch. And anytime we're in the same area, we try to get together. Well, that makes perfect sense. Worldpost.io is powered by Anytime Mailbox, which means you can get your mail anytime, anywhere, even on your smartphone. And they really have competitive pricing with their lowest package starting at $5 per month. Here's a cool feature they have. World Post can relay things from the U.S. to Europe. So that includes documents. <laughs> Amazon purchases. Amazon the purchases. US. And you can get it to Portugal. And they have a variety of packages. Some include secure shredding, free junk mail filters, and things like that. I bet you love that junk mail filter. Oh, lots of junk mail. I sign up for a lot of newsletters. <laughs> She's not joking. So if you're interested in worldpost.io, you can visit the website or check the link in the show notes below. Okay, let's talk about Lusitana Dreams because what they're offering is really great. Yeah, it definitely is. And Dallas actually has grown Lusitano Dreams since we first met him. So he's really getting his process dialed in. The thing that I like about it is it removes the barrier and, and choke point of the proof of accommodation because that's been one of the biggest things that the D7 and the D8 for the, like the long-term people have had problems with, right? Yeah, it's definitely something that is really hard to lock yourself into sight unseen. But here you can have a legitimate contract. You can rest assured that it's going to be a soft landing because you're coming into a furnished place in a good location and a livable location until you can kind of get your bearings and figure out where you really want to live. And the cool thing about it is that they can start your lease when you arrive. So you're not like burning a few months of, of cash, essentially paying for an apartment or paying for a lease that you're not using. Yeah, that's one that's really hard to negotiate, trying to get a lease that starts when you want to arrive and not when you are actually applying. So the fact that they offer that as a service to where you're not, like you said, burning those months saves you a lot of money. Yep, Lusitano Dreams offers visa-friendly proof of accommodation. So that could be for the D7 visa or the D8 visa. And their properties include detached houses, apartments, room rentals as well in different locations like Lisbon, Cascais, Lule, and they're expanding too. So uh, soon to be Porto and quite possibly Silver Coast. Yeah, which is really exciting. So check out Lusitano Dreams for more information. We have a link in the show notes below. Kristen, what is up? Hey, Josh. Good to see you. It's good to see you as well. Uh, last time we saw each other, we were actually in Portugal together, hanging yes. out in Porto, doing a bit of Porto tourism. Eating a lot. Eating a ton. Yes. <laughs> I've, I've, I've just now recovered. I know Kaylee's recovered as well. <laughs> That's good to hear. Let's chat a bit about kind of 
traveling in Portugal, uh, what it's like doing the digital nomad thing here, how you're helping people uh, work remotely, do digital nomad, uh, be, being a digital nomad all across the world, really, what you're up to. We need to kind of unpack just everything that's going on in your world because you're such an amazing resource for people in terms of what it's like being a digital nomad because you've basically written the book on it um, <laughs> quite quite literally. So tell us, when did you first start traveling to Portugal? Thanks, Josh. I'm really happy to help people with achieving this lifestyle and just you know sharing it with the world. The first time I went to Portugal was in 2018 because one of my best friends loves Portugal. Her name is Maria Jose Flaque, and she has a company called Mujer Holística, so holistic woman in Spanish. So many of your listeners might know it, especially if they're from Latin America or Spain. She's written a lot of books, and we actually started our digital nomad journeys together back in Costa Rica around 2000. We think we met in 2007, and we started traveling together. So we've been traveling all over the world together, like Norway, Iceland, um, Peru, everywhere. And so when she told me, you've got to come check out Portugal, I listened to her and met her over in the summer of 2018. And she had an Airbnb in the center of Lisbon. And we just had a lot of fun. Like we went all around the city. We went to the markets. We went to Sintra. And I had to leave. I forget why. I had some other trip planned right after. And so um, then I wasn't able to go back until after the pandemic. So that was mm. the first place that I went in late 2021. And I spent a few months over there. And that's when we were hanging out. Nice. So I'm actually curious about this. Uh, I think that your a, a broad journey started in Costa Rica. Is that right? It did. I I actually was, um, I applied for a scholarship. Okay. I, I was in going to school at the University of Central Florida. And my dad was randomly invited to a Rotary Club meeting with one of his friends. He wasn't a member of the Rotary. He just happened to be invited to this lunch one day. And they were talking about a scholarship program that they had. And the head of the Rotary in St. Augustine, Florida, where I'm from, he was my um, personal, not personal trainer, um, physical therapist for okay. when I was in high school sports. I know you and Kaylee played uh, football. That's right. Football <laughs> is life. So I was a cheerleader and the, our football and cheerleading trainer was the president of the Rotary. And he's like, you know what, Jim, Kristen would be a good fit for this scholarship. So he mm. brought the package home I applied in 2001, and then in 2002, I was sent off to Costa Rica as a cultural ambassador okay. for the Rotary Foundation. So that's kind of like a cool way that my living abroad journey started. And from there on, I just was hooked because I, I didn't know that you could live in other countries. Like it mm. just didn't occur to me. And after that, I studied abroad in Australia, and then I kept traveling back to Costa Rica and all I knew was that I wanted to work and live in other countries and I needed to find a job that would let me do that. And then by chance, I was offered a job working in real estate in Costa Rica. So uh, that was in 2005 when I graduated um, mm. from business school and then just kind of never looked back. Nice. So your start was was 
maybe or is maybe unconventional for someone to do now, like someone that's in their 30s or 40s to, to go back to school and do that. So what are you recommending to people that are in their 30s or 40s and they're looking for a change and looking to become a digital nomad or at least a remote worker that's living internationally? What are mm-hmm. some of the things that you recommend, any trends that you see that people need to hop on? Yeah, I think it's important to follow your intuition with this. And there's a lot of stuff on Instagram and social media about like what people are doing and where they're going. But I think that if you're drawn to this lifestyle, it's for a reason. And to just follow your curiosity of where life is leading you to go. Like for me, I didn't plan to go to Costa Rica. I was sent there. Hmm. But in hindsight, you know, everything worked out. Uh, last night I was speaking at um, a conference for digital nomads in Buenos Aires. And I was telling them, you know, just to go to the places that that you want to go. So just take that first step, wherever that is in the world. And then from there, you're going to know what the next step is. Like, I always laugh when people ask me, you know, where are you going to go next year? Or where are you living? It's like, I don't know yet, because <laughs> that will become clear to you over time. And like one thing leads to another. So it is very important to have a source of income. As you mentioned, yes. a remote job. So if you're in your 30s and 40s and you're a professional, then you need to sort that first. There's a lot of people that say, you know, just buy a one-way ticket to Thailand and you'll figure it out when you get there. But in my experience, having lived and worked all over the world and worked with over a thousand people in planning their moves abroad, everyone had one thing in common, and that was a job or an income mm. stream. Like if you're retired or you have a pension or something like that. Everyone had different jobs. Everyone went to different places. Everyone had different life paths, but everybody had some source of savings and some source of income. So if you don't have that yet, don't worry, just start saving. Like I started saving when I was working in high school as a lifeguard. Mm -hmm. And I used to spend all my money on plane tickets to Puerto Rico to go surfing. So just start saving now. And if it takes you two or three or five years to get there, like that's okay. You know, there's no rush. Just start like little by little. And if you don't have a remote job yet, then that process can take six months or a year to find a job. But in the meantime, you could also start a side hustle. The time's going to pass anyway. And I heard some stat that if you spend 30 hours learning a skill, you're better than 99% of the people in the world. <laughs> so you just need to have 1% more experience than the people that you're helping, mm-hmm. whether you're doing uh, graphic design or business consulting or so, you know whatever that is. So if you don't have a remote job, start a side hustle, start saving money, and you'll be on your way. Nice. I love how you just blew by the, uh, the part where you took these surfing trips. For those of you <laughs> that don't know, Kristen is a 2004 East Coast surf champ. So shout out, shout out to her, big surfer, uh, which Costa Rica is where I learned how to surf. So that's a great place. Um, Kind of going back to uh, what you were talking about in terms of people just getting a one-way ticket to Thailand. I actually knew someone who did that, although they were young and had a bunch of cash to burn through, um, relatively speaking anyways. I think the quote that comes to mind is find a way or make one. Find a way or make one doesn't mean that, that you just you just rock up and, and things will work themselves out. It's more like there's an, there's an action to it, right? Like you have to be pursuing something, finding the way or knocking down a door to make one, right? 
Is that, yeah, is that kind of what you mean? Mm. Yeah, you can wing it. It's just going to be different. It's more mm. of just the traditional way of uh, bootstrapping your travels or backpacking compared to moving abroad as a professional or mm. moving abroad permanently for a lifestyle change if you're getting residency in another country. It's much more planned out. But yeah. I actually met um, a British girl at a barbecue this Sunday, and she was telling me the way that she ended up living abroad. And she was in Slovenia. She had no money. She had nowhere to stay. And she just went door to door knocking on hostels and asking if she could sleep there for free if they like if she worked there at the front desk, if they would give her room and board. And so that's how she did it. But, you know, that's a totally different uh, lifestyle than what some of us might be Want. in the mood for. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe that would have worked you're be, for me. You're being so PC 18. about it. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I know, yeah. I, I'm reading between the lines here. I totally get it. So bringing this back to, to Portugal a bit, um, what have you noticed about people interested in the D7 or digital nomad, v- excuse me, not D7, the D8 or digital nomad visa? Have you been contacted by a lot of people doing it? What do you know about it? Uh, have you looked into getting it yourself? Yeah, I met the first person I, I met that had it was um, one of my YouTube subscribers. Uh, her name's Aracelis. And she actually recognized me when I was at Web Summit. So I was looking to get, get a coffee the morning of Web Summit. And I hear, Kristen, Kristen. And, and it was, um, nice. yeah, one of my YouTube subscribers. So we ended up standing in line together. And I even had her on my podcast, Badass Digital Nomads, because I was in, so enthralled by her story. But she had just moved to Portugal and she had applied for the Digital Nomad visa. And yeah, so she was one of the first people that I heard that got it. I don't know that many people that have it. I, I heard that the the application process was the, initially the rocky. Yeah. No. Yeah. So that, that's uh, probably normal with these sorts of things. Yeah. Um, but I do know that there's like some companies now, I think that you work with like border that will help you get the, the visa. And I always think it's good to have somebody, you know, helping you out, whether you're either taking a course on how to do something or you have someone that's already done it because having lived in Costa Rica for eight years, is like you spend so much time figuring out how to apply for something or do what they call a tramite, which is like any sort of process with the government entity. Mm. And then at the end of the process, you're like, well, that was an adventure. Yeah. And I wish it didn't take so long, but now it's done. And so it's all good. But I think, you know, it's great that the Portuguese government is is being so enthusiastic about attracting um Portuguese residents that are living abroad and also international residents to come back to Portugal. Yeah. And um, you do bring up a good point that the Portuguese government is looking at, at this as being one of the, the new ways of immigration because the rest of Europe is not rest, but a lot of European countries are jumping onto this as well. You know, it's not just uniquely Portugal, but there are other countries that are doing it. Uh, you did mention Web Summit. So Web Summit is based in Lisbon. Can you tell us about Web Summit? I've not been. So oh. what's, what's it about? Who should go to Web Summit? Yeah, you know, I think you should go if you're working in the tech industry for sure. And if going to conferences and networking events is a regular part of your career path and your business, mm. 
And I went as part of the media team. So I was creating content for them. And it was very impressive because they basically build an entire tech city. And so there's, I think, 80,000 plus people there. And there's lots of food and there's like lots of meetings and and um, so many different tracks that you can take. So there's a whole entire track for crypto. There's a track for content creation. Um, there's a track for like any type of technology you can think of. So it mm. can be uh, it can be kind of overwhelming, but it was a really cool experience. And if you work in anything related to the tech industry, then I think it's worth going at least once. And then they have also a lot of um, after hours events and parties. So just a lot of fun. Nice. Well, since one of your your goals with your content creation is is helping people achieve the dream of living abroad, what are some things that you're working on right now that are doing that? Well, the, the biggest thing this year is that I took on a new role with International Living. Mm-hmm. As Congrats. Their, thank you. As their go overseas mentor. So I'm really excited to work with them because they've been around since 1979. Yeah, and, legacy. And, yeah, and they were a big presence and actually a big help to me when I first moved abroad in the early 2000s because they were mm. some of the only people talking about it, You're especially exactly right. on the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So I did uh, some work with them when I was working in real estate in Nicaragua in 2008, and they've just kind of always been on my radar. So I'm really happy to contribute uh, some of the information I have about moving overseas and and uh, sharing it with their uh, file with I think they have maybe a half a million people in their network. Um, mm-hmm. So that's been my big focus, uh, contributing to their weekly newsletter, their monthly magazine, and also their um, uh, virtual and in-person events this year. Yep. And you, you roped us in on on one of the virtual events. Can you tell us about that? Yes, the Go Overseas Summit, which is happening in July. I believe it's the 10th, 11th, and 12th. That sounds right. Yeah, so a three-day event with uh, experts on living abroad and overseas lifestyle from around the world, including you guys who will be talking about Portugal. Um, But we have people talking about paying taxes abroad, uh, getting second passports, personal experiences about what it's like to live in different countries and mm. Mexico, Spain. And so, yeah, there's going to be a great lineup of people um, sharing their experiences. And it's very surreal to be a part of that and, yeah. and hosting that after my own path of 20 years living abroad. So I really wish that we had that, you know, back when you and I and Kaylee started and just kind of had to learn in the school of hard knocks. Yeah, exactly right. Before smartphones as well. I mean, we're really excited about this conference because we, you know, we sat down and and took a look at what international living was looking for in terms of the type of content they wanted us to produce. We're team Portugal. For those of you that don't know, we're team Portugal. <laughs> uh, we're, we're representing Portugal in this one. And uh, we crafted a new piece of content, something that we don't have on our YouTube channel, something that's not um, on on any of the podcasts. So it's going to be, it's going to be there. And it's a blend of like information and also personal experience and how those two things tie together. So we can give advice and recommendations from our point of view. So we're excited to share that. Um, the unfortunate thing is, is the Q and a happens on July 12th 
and we're going to be heading towards uh, Iceland. Iceland, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm excited about Iceland, but I'm I'm bummed to miss the Q and A because I always love that stuff. I know. Well, I'm really excited to uh, watch your your video and your presentation, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but Iceland will be cool, and it's it's good that you're going in the summer because yeah, I've been during the spring and the fall, yeah, and the winter, and it, it the the weather can be brutal. I, basically, the opposite of Portugal. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, which which we really aren't cold weather people. Like we'd yeah. rather it be warm. I mean, yeah. Kaylee's from Florida, so obviously, you know, we lived in Saudi and we lived in Singapore. So there yeah. you go; those are two hot places, and we survived there. Uh, okay, let's talk a bit about Portugal. You have a ton of experience traveling Portugal, and I'm sure that uh, every now and then you travel to a place and you wonder, could I live here? Mm. Yeah? So have you done that in Portugal, and have you seen a few cities that you think, oh, I could live here? Yeah, you know, Madeira actually really surprised me. Okay. And, and I could see myself settling down there uh, for a while. I. You know, Lisbon, at first, I thought I would want to live in because that's where my best friend was living. But for me, it felt like too big of a city, like kind yes. of too much city life. And I felt like it was good to just go and visit and, you know, experience the restaurants and the nightlife and all the art and culture and music and stuff like that, and then kind of retreat somewhere else. So that's why I kind of gravitate towards smaller towns and, and cities. And I liked Madeira because it was the weather is perfect. It, it kind of reminds mm. me of Costa Rica or Medellin in mm. Colombia. It's like tropical. It's vibe. like the island of eternal spring. Great hiking, really nice people. It's like mm. you get like island time, but in Europe. So it's like <laughs> not so not slow. so bad. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But everyone's very relaxed. Like the weather's great, sunny all the time, and and um. Yeah, I, I, there's a huge international community there as well. So I there felt is. like the locals speak English. I don't speak Portuguese, so that's pretty helpful. And then um, it's a big retirement destination for British expats, mm -hmm. actually. So I was like, I could see why people would want to retire here. Just nice lifestyle. And I had like a really nice apartment with a view of the ocean, just right on right on the promenade, like just mm. right on the beach. Well, not beach, the rocks, but yeah, and it was like twelve hundred euro per month, fully furnished, like everything that's included. So it's, that's pretty good for you know international cost of living. And I have not explored the Algarve yet in like southern Portugal. Okay, but I, but I feel like that would be a, a place that I might be interested in living because it has the beaches, it has the surfing. I know you've got some surfing up around Porto as well, but mm -hmm cold water it, it was a little cold yeah it's a little yeah. cold for me so in yeah. general like portugal spain and france i find the water to be pretty cold um mm. so that's why i i don't live in here full-time um but yeah yeah I, I i could definitely see portugal as being a place that i would go for a few months per year and just keep going back and, and keep checking out um different areas so you think that Madeira could be a place that you would you would use up like ninety days of your Schengen visa or you know uh, like yeah. like your 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 tourism allowance I guess. Yeah, I was only there for about a month, but I 
I felt like I was just starting to feel at home when I left. Yeah. So I really didn't didn't want to leave, but I was. I think that's when I was going to Porto. So I did want to leave, but I didn't. And then yeah. it was the you were holidays. Coming to see us. Yeah. So I did want to go. And then once I got to Porto, I didn't want to leave there. Exactly. I, think I was there for two or three weeks, and if it wasn't for Christmas and having to go back to the states for that, I would have stayed longer. And I even talked to my landlord about extending my lease. <laughs> potentially because I, I yeah I was super comfortable there and just really loved like the laid-back lifestyle and like having friends you know hanging out with you guys and yeah I I still wanted to go to so many restaurants and like there was so much stuff still to do so I'll definitely have to go back Please maybe do. I'll go in like the spring or something where it's not so cold <laughs> yeah something that popped to mind when you were talking about Medeta is the first time I went um first time Kaylee and I went I felt like um, I didn't get a really, a really good feel of the place. I mean, like we, we went around and we, we saw a lot and did a lot, but it wasn't until the second trip where I, I really paused and thought, I see why people are so attracted to this place. I see why so many people are moving here. Um, mm-hmm. and there, there is something about the, the weather, the breeze, the pace of life being where it's at. Like if you like something a little slower, uh, slower than, than the rest, like continental Portugal, me put it that way there's just some something about it that draws for sure yeah the only think, downside is you need a car i was really i was gonna mention the two downsides the car yeah. <laughs> and the fact that you're on an island so like you're always having to to take a flight really to get off and and to get anywhere quickly you know you're on an island yeah um, you could get island fever totally yeah definitely okay so if people are interested in in learning more about moving abroad and becoming a digital nomad or going that path remote worker, you're an amazing resource, but how can people find you? What should people do? Yeah, well, I'm on all of the different types of channels. So mm. I do have the, the book is probably my signature product for like entry level when people want to learn about the digital nomad lifestyle. And that's digital nomads for dummies that you can get on Amazon or in all the traditional book retailers like Barnes and Noble, things like that. So I wasn't um, kidding when I said that you wrote the book on being the digital. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yeah. literally. Yeah, that was probably the hardest thing I've ever done is writing a book, but it's out there. And um, I also do a weekly video on my YouTube channel, Traveling with Kristen. I will be relaunching my second channel, which is youtube.com slash digital nomad. So you can check that out. There's like a lot of videos on there that are older videos, but we'll be resurrecting that one this year. Um, And then I do have a a weekly podcast called Badass Digital Nomads, where I uh, talk about these topics and interview other location independent people. And uh, we've been around since 2019. So there's a lot of episodes there. I think 211 episodes that you can search on badassdigitalnomads.com and like look up different topics and tags. And you can find that on all of the podcast platforms. So those would be uh, the main places to catch me as well as um, if you're a subscriber of International Living, you'll get content every week. Yep. And then... We'll we'll see you over on International Living here soon, I guess, yeah. in, in about a month. Yeah, definitely so. share uh, your, your link so people can sign up. And I think there's a free option as well to tune in. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So we'll put all those links uh, in, in the description below and people can check that out. 
And uh, we really appreciate your time. We wish we could have you on longer, but we know you're a busy lady, so, so we'll, uh, we'll try to schedule you again sometime. Sound good? Yeah, definitely. And people can also check out, you guys have two episodes on my podcast, so link to those interviews as well so people can uh, hear you on the other side of the mic. For sure. Yeah, we get to dive deep into our personal stories with you. So yeah, yeah appreciate you mentioning that. Yeah. Thanks, Kristen. Great. Thanks for having me. So listener, we know that you are preparing to move to Portugal. We did everything ourselves for the D7 visa. So we have a DIY D7 course. We also have a DIY remote worker course now since they've split those up. And if you're already here, we have a living in Portugal course for you. Now, the difference between the D7 and the D8 or the digital nomad visa course that you could get is if you have active income, you should be getting the digital nomad or D8 course. If you have passive income, you should be getting the D7 course. And we have a special promotion for anybody that is a listener of this podcast. If you type in podcast at checkout, you will get $15 off. So these will just guide you through exactly what you need. They stay up to date as things change. And once you purchase it, it's yours for life. So if you're not ready to go now, you can still get it and take a look and you can use it later on. And Kaylee is a mad lady and she is always updating the course so that it doesn't fall out of date. Well, I have to because they're always changing things and so it has to stay up to date. That's facts. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Let's Move to Portugal. Contact info for all the services mentioned are in the show notes. If you like the show, please subscribe. If you love the show, please tell a friend, connect with us on our socials, and if you want to help us out, give us a review on your podcast player. Expats Everywhere Presents Let's Move to Portugal is produced by Time or Money Productions. Expats Everywhere researches our guests, and we do our best to provide factual and relevant information at the time of the recording. Despite our best efforts, we can make no guarantees as to the accuracy of what you've heard in this episode. We highly recommend that you do your own research and check your own facts. 